Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we chat with platinum-selling reporting artist, producer, and actor Tyler Shaw about his new single, When You're Home, and becoming a new dad and how that has changed him as both an artist and a person. We also speak to Canadian DJ and producer Famba about his new single called Still Call You Mine, the production process he goes through to create his music, and which superstar DJ he would love to work with. We also welcome our music editor Sharon Hyland discussing the performances at Joe Biden's recent inauguration and why it was a risky move for certain artists to be involved. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Click on kellyalexandershow.com. Joining us on the show is Canadian dance artist, producer, and DJ Famba. Famba has over 34 million global streams and remix singles for artists like The Chainsmokers and Young Bombs. He's got a new single out called Still Call You Mine, and we're very excited to catch up with him. Famba, thanks so much for hanging out. Oh, what an intro. Uh, thanks for having me. I try to do my research. So, <laughs> so <laughs> appreciate that. Hopefully it's working out. So I want to take you back to the beginning, actually. When did you know that a career in music was going to be your path in life? Too early on, actually. I gave up everything in my life when I turned like when I turned 18 to pursue this full time. Um, I went to a festival and I had I really had no music background. I mean, I played the guitar, but I had no production or songwriting background. And I went to my first festival and I was really into the music and I kind of just like dropped out of school that moment and decided to um, pursue music. How did the uh, parental unit feel about that? Not good. My, uh, my mom was not happy about it, although I will say my dad was very supportive and my mom became very supportive. But, um, you know, telling your parents you're dropping out of university to become a DJ is usually a bad thing. <laughs> Well, luckily, it's working out for you, which is awesome. And so I did want to ask you, uh, you know, where did you grow up? I know you're in Toronto now, but where did you grow up and who inspired you musically when you were a kid? So many inspirations. I mean, I was I was listening to for like rock and roll, like Led Zeppelin and like blues music and John Mayer. And that's where, I think that's where I kind of fell in love with songwriting was that type of music I liked. But then um, around like high school, I got into like Deadmose. Um, and bands like Pendulum that made drum and bass and a lot of like European music that really inspired the electronic side of things. So then I kind of just tried to fuse the two of those worlds together and kind of come up with what I'm currently doing. Which is awesome because I actually wanted you to describe your sound and I think you've just done it because, yeah, like I've been able to listen to a bunch of your stuff. Obviously, we play your music on our station, Virgin. And uh, the new single, it's crazy how much it's like dance, but it's so melodic and almost sounds like it could be something that a John Mayer does. Yeah, and I mean, the goal for this whole new project, too, was that, I mean, a lot of my music before was um, on the sadder side of things, and I'm really not sad. <laughs> I'm really in a good place Great. right now, and I, I wanted to reflect that in the music and make more uplifting and kind of happy music that is more personal to me. So yeah, I'm really happy with how it's all turning out. I think it's it's much more personal to me, which is great. The song is absolutely fantastic, and we're going to talk about it in, in just a sec. But I did want to ask you too, like, I know you said you had a background uh, with guitar. So has that helped you with your production? Like, what tools are you using to produce? Is it Ableton? Like, what are you guys, what are you using? Uh, I, I love talking about this. I could do go, go on for days. But um, I use Logic. I also have some, like, hardware analog synths that I've been using. Um, I use a Juno and a Prophet. Um, this whole EP has kind of been done with analog gear just because I kind of just started getting into it and I absolutely love it. 
although I, I haven't been playing a ton of guitar. I did play the guitar in this, but there's just a little riff. But um, I've been playing a lot of piano, and it's something I never really learned until recently. And now I'm obsessed, and I play piano every day. And then I've been taking lessons, and yeah, I'm, I'm in love with the piano now. That's awesome. So you've picked it up sort of by ear, and now you're adding to that by taking lessons? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I was playing it before. I just didn't know what I was doing, really. I was kind of just like winging it, and now I'm kind of learning to figure out what I'm actually doing and learning the, you know, the proper technique behind everything. And so are you learning how to read music too? Or like, do you already know that? Cause like, I find some people are just amazing yeah. sans music and then some people can read notes. <laughs> so yeah, no, I have no interest in learning to read it. Honestly, I kind of just want to learn to write it. That's kind of where, um, where I've been at. Joining us on the show, Canadian dance artist, producer, and DJ Famba. You can hit up his website for all of his social media handles, fambamusic.com. So your new single, as we mentioned off the top, Still Call You Mine. Uh, where did the inspiration come from for the track, and did you end up writing all the lyrics yourself? Um, so I actually co-wrote the song um, with the, these two guys, Wyatt and Rollo, who I have a ton of, I mean, three songs in the EP so far are with them. Um, that was the very first session we did, and we wrote the song in an hour, um, which is crazy. And it was over Zoom. And I, I around this time, this was the last March, I was kind of searching for the direction of what I wanted the EP to sound like. And this was the song that kind of sparked everything. So I'm really grateful that we did make this song because it kind of like laid, or, uh, laid the groundwork for the rest of the EP. But I think, I mean, the song to me is, is about unconditional love, and it's a lighthearted take on it. I did really want to incorporate a lot of like lighthearted lyrical content in the CP. So yeah, that's kind of the inspiration behind this one. Well, it sounds amazing. Honest to God, when they sent it to me and I played it, I was like, this is amazing. And I liked your old stuff, or I shouldn't say old stuff, but like your previous stuff. But then this song came on. I was like, this is like next level for you. So congratulations on such a great song. And uh, I also wanted to ask you, I guess, with regards to the production of the track, uh, whether it's this one or something else you're working on, do you have like a formula, for lack of a better word, or is it always different? Like sometimes it's a voice note, sometimes it's a beat. Like how do you start your songs? Oh, it's always different. I wish I had a formula. My God, that would save me days of my life. But um, <laughs> no, it, it's it's always random. This one started with a voice note. It was actually Rolo just started humming this chorus melody. And then we're like, oh, that's cool. And then we started putting lyrics to it. And then like within an hour, the song was written. It was it was insane. And then we had this different kind of piano riff that was like very like jazzy. Um, and then I, I replayed it. And I, I changed the chords around and then it became what it is now. Um, I'm really happy with how it sounds. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a, a really big step up for me. And a lot of the, uh, the new music is all very dance oriented and I want it to feel good on a dance floor. So everything from now on is going to be very like, you know, house music oriented, which I love because that's my favorite type of music. Me too. This is why we're getting along. This is great. So I actually wanted to ask you too in, in, in talking now, are you like a fan of older house music? Like do you take inspiration from some of like the 90s artists that did amazing things to push the genre forward? Like uh, a Crystal Waters, oh, like yeah. an Armin Van Helden, like all these people. Yeah, uh, Armin Van Helden and uh, MK, like early 90s MK are, were like my biggest inspirations. Like I have a playlist on Spotify of all the old 90s, like 90s house classics that I constantly reference. And that's why I've been using analog gears because I was so inspired by the early 90s. This song doesn't have as many of the, like, of the sounds from the early 90s as I would like, but um, a lot of the later stuff in the EP is very retro influence. And I'm, yeah, I love it so much. 
Who are you inspired by these days? Because obviously there's so many DJs that have, you know, obviously I think uh, it's just been a requirement, a job requirement to also turn into producer, whether you're Calvin Harris, uh, you're Felix Cartel, you're Steve Aoki. Um, who are the, the younger cats that you're sort of into these days? Ooh, I don't know. Um, so many. I'm, I'm a fan of so many artists. I mean, the person I always come back to is um, Calvin Harris. But honestly, the, the music I've been listening to a lot recently, I've not been trying to listen to music that's out now, but going back to the past, because I don't want to follow trends. I really want to be inspired by music of the past and kind of take little influences from that and try to incorporate that in my new music and put a modern spin on it. I'm always, I always come back to the 90s and the 80s. Those are my favorite um, time periods of music. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Now, uh, when it goes to or when it comes to choosing your vocalist, how does that work? Uh, it's hard. It's very hard. Luckily for this one, it was Wyatt singing. And um, I mean, we wrote the song together and his voice just sounded amazing on it. And we all kind of agreed that he should be the singer. Yeah, and that worked out. But usually it's the process of kind of figuring out like who would be a good feature, who wants to do it. Um, does it make sense? You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, but usually I kind of just go with whoever sings the, the demo vocal because, you know, there's something magical about that initial demo vocal that is very hard to beat. When it comes to Canadian EDM, I wanted your thoughts on how the industry is because we obviously have a fair amount of producers and DJs who are doing well, like a Dead Mouse, obviously, who's been around for a while and I think sort of has inspired the up-and-coming next generation. Then you have peeps like Loud Luxury, you have Felix Cartel, you have you. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel supported? Are you friends with these people? Like, how's it rolling out? Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually really interesting. Um, I'd say more so than any other kind of genre of music, but DJs are all friends. Um, like everyone makes friends with each other. Like I, I mean, for example, the, I was in Vancouver um, playing a show and I was talking back and forth with Young Bombs and then they ended up coming. And then from like that day on, we've become best friends and we talk daily. But there's like the support in the DJ community is amazing. Like everyone's friends. Um, I remember when I first moved to Toronto as well, like Frank Walker hit me up and we went out to dinner and it was super nice. And I just like kind of reinforced how awesome the, you know, the EDM community can be. Dream collaboration for you, whether it's an artist or producer, who would that be right now? Uh, Max Martin and Calvin Harris. Cool. We'll take that. We'll put that into the universe for you. <laughs> so I, I noticed, too, on the uh, information I was giving that, that, that uh, you know, you've had DJ support from peeps like Tiesto and Hardwell and Dubs. What does that support mean to you? I mean, it's huge, it's especially um, in the DJ community. It's all about who kind of co-signs you. So when you do get a song played by one of these guys, it's, it's huge. It's you know, can make or break a song. And it's, it's great that these, you know, these huge DJs are willing to support newer artists. I think it's awesome. But yeah, it means the world to me when my song gets played out by, you know, a huge DJ. So I understand you're from out east and now you're in Toronto. Have there ever been thoughts? Like, first of all, have you visited Montreal? Uh, that's first question. And then second question, would you ever consider moving here? I actually considered moving to Montreal. It's such a nice city. It's beautiful. The club scene's amazing, and I have some friends that are there already, and some friends that have been moving there. I've actually, I've only been to Montreal once, and I never got to experience it properly, but now that I have a bunch of friends living there, um, when I moved to Toronto, I was planning on going to stay there all the time and go hang out and write music, but because um, of COVID, that wasn't really possible, but... I think when this ends, I'll be spending a lot of time in Montreal. Awesome. We'll be very happy to have you. Do you have any message for your Montreal fans? Because you like like Montrealers uh, really love EDM. Like we just do. It's how we roll. And, and obviously we have our amazing <coughs> festival that normally happens every August, which is Il Sonique. So, uh, yeah, like what do you have uh, to want to say to your Montreal peeps? 
I'm coming as soon as I can. I have never played a show in Montreal, and it's probably the place I'm the most excited to play in. So yes, I can't wait to come, and hopefully I will see everyone soon when it's possible and safe. Before I let you go, I like to do this thing called like Fast Facts. So it's going to be Fast Facts with Famba. So I want you to tell me what's the biggest lesson or realization that you've had in the last year? Um, don't overthink things. Now, what is something that Famba likes to do away from music career? I'm a gamer. I'm a huge gamer nerd. <laughs> Good for you. If you could pick uh, the brain of any artist or producer, who would it be and why? Uh, either Max Martin or Calvin Harris. Either. I, they're both geniuses. If you could travel, because I know we all can't right now, what place would be your first destination? I don't know. I think like Italy. Oh, that's cool. That's or a good like, one. Or like Spain. I'd, I'd love to go visit Italy or Spain. I have to ask you this, just because I think a lot of us have been indulging in a lot of food because we've been trapped at home and what else is there to do? So uh, favorite cheat meal for Femba? Oh, I, I have cheat meals pretty much every day. Okay. Um, <laughs> pro- Anything Italian. I'm a big Italian fan food. So anything Italian with a lot of cheese in it, that's probably my go-to. Awesome. And I want you to fill in the rest of the sentence, please. When I think of Montreal, dot, dot, dot. Um, A party. Montreal is a party. Perfect. I love that. Bamba, thank you so much for this. You're awesome. And keep pumping out those hits. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. That's Canadian dance artist, producer, and DJ Famba. Hit up his website for all his social media handles, fambamusic.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Always happy to welcome our music editor to the show, Sharon Highland. Hello. Hey, Kel, how are you? I am fantastic and uh, very excited about this particular segment that we're doing because uh, there's obviously been big changes uh, in North America, if you will, in the last little while with the uh, new Biden, uh, Biden administration coming in. And when it comes to entertainment, uh, it was very telling to watch the inauguration, especially or specifically, I should say, the um, uh, the celebration that they did at night on the, the day of his inauguration, because so many celebrities took part. And ones that I think I'm not sure if all of them were, you know, uh, I'm not sure how many of them, I should say, had been invited four years prior for the Trump administration, where many of them declined. Uh, but at least this crop uh, were very, you know, excited to be a part of this, including peeps like uh, Katy Perry and Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen and Demi Lovato and the list goes on and on. So I guess I'll start first, though, earlier in the day when we got to see Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez uh, perform some of the uh, the anthems uh, that are very important to Americans. So what was your thoughts on Lady Gaga's performance? I just, uh, you know what, I, I fully appreciate and I am a monk Amongst the many that have uh, breathed that collective sigh of relief, uh, that, that breath holding that we've been uh, like ho- having to manage through for the last four years. So <laughs> the show that was put on for the inauguration fully celebrated that sigh of relief, that exhale. So to be able to have seen Bruce Springsteen, uh, in a way that he's not having to tell anybody not to use his music. And similarly with a few of the other artists that played also, that was the uh, a common thread, you know, over the course of the past year, let's say, where music was being used and not necessarily sanctioned. So those artists fully celebrated last night. And I think typically, though, um, the liberal nature of the arts, you know, those people have been also waiting for... Um, the sun to come up a little bit and and things to get a little lighter. So it, the the choices for the people that performed yesterday were spot on. Lady Gaga has always been instrumental in um, getting out a, a positive message uh, and making sure that people know what's what. She's involved, she is active, and 
she was humbled even. Her voice was strong on the national anthem for our friends in the States uh, and clear. And yet still she was somewhat uh, awestruck by the, the, um, the power that she was singing for, not just the people that she was singing for and the country that she represented, but you can tell that she had full respect for the new administration and uh, the previous presidents and their spouses that were there too. It was impressive to see her in that role and not at all surprising that she would have risen to that occasion and sung so powerfully. And Jennifer Lopez, too. It was great to have her there and also for her to actually uh, take some some moments or some time out of her performance to make sure to actually speak in Spanish. I love that, too. It was uh, and her, too. She's been very busy making uh, making connections with uh, the Latino vote and, and getting the word out and making connections, you know, with the Biden group uh, and team. Um, so that it made complete sense that she was there too. And the, the linking of the two songs and the Let's Get Loud line, I thought, look at her go. And I, I will be the first to admit that I like to tease her. You know, and I, I've said to you before, she doesn't tour that much. We've not really heard her perform live, like clear on live, but she sounded fantastic and she looked great and calm and confident, exactly what you would want um, on stage at a moment like that, at a moment like this in general, but at a moment like that specifically, I thought she did great too. And here's something, because I know, you know, a lot of uh, the listeners to this show are are my American friends, which I appreciate very much. And so I'm sure it's interesting to have two Canadians, um, you know, be armchair quarterbacks with regards to what went on for the celebration. But I have to tell you, just in that regard, like because the two countries, our two countries are so closely entwined, um, I felt like and obviously, I'm a proud Canadian, like very proud Canadian, but I felt very patriotic in ways watching uh, the inauguration and the, the, the celebration. I just thought, considering the situation that, you know, we're in right now with the pandemic, that show was flawless. And I know that there was some taped pieces, but everything just kind of moved in and out. And the artists just nailed it. Justin Timberlake, Foo Fighters, like everybody was on fire. Well, I think that uh, if there's any positives to be taken out of a situation like the past year dealing with the pandemic, and you always have to look for positives, uh, is that uh, people are itching to celebrate their art and perform their art. So they've sought out different ways to be able to do that. And we as fans are benefiting from those different ways. So they have strengthened their reach by making themselves more accessible. So when it comes to, uh, a a slicker production like last night should have been and was uh, they're ready, you know, and, and they're keen still because (laughs) their, their outlets are still minimized. Um, But no doubt if anybody were asked, it would have been like, yep, I can go outside right now, record it right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And what was interesting (laughs) too, which, uh, which I'm not sure if, if, because I I don't know that you follow him as much as I do, but Justin Timberlake, um, Apparently, or not apparently, because this came out of out of his mouth, so it's the truth, according to Justin. The song that he performed last night, he did his final vocals in studio the night of the election uh, when he rec- when he recorded that song. So um, obviously, it's just and and again, a very impassioned song from him, and it was great to have. Um, uh, the artist with them, Aunt Clemens, I believe his name is. And so just to yeah. see that. And then I wanted to your take on because I know uh, your rock and roll boyfriend is Dave Grohl. So what were your thoughts on Foo Fighters? I, uh, yeah, they can do no wrong, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so two of my boyfriends were there last night. My rock and roll boyfriend, I thought to be able to take a, um, what is now a classic from their catalog, which is times like these, 
and to start off, you know, somber, calm, and to jump right into something high energy, not surprising coming from the Foo Fighters because they're very good at both. It just felt so good and so pertinent in that moment. My other boyfriend is uh, John Legend. Right. Uh, That deal was sealed um, with his Christmas special from last year. I thought, I just want to hang out with them. (laughs) Just super fun. And I love that song that he did. It was just incredible. And it it totally matched that finally letting your the tension in your shoulders go, you know, you're like, Oh God, I feel good. It feels so good. It just totally did. So, and he's so talented. He could hit the notes and massage them and make them sound even better. And to have been performing outside, it wasn't a warm day Mm -hmm. in Washington, DC. So the fact that they sounded good and, and, persevered through chillier temperatures was even more impressive. Before I move on from my, my last point about the celebration, I did want to just ask you one more thing about uh, Foo Fighters. I recently heard their new single, Waiting on a War, and I wanted your thoughts because I think it's fantastic, so much so that I actually used it in my uh, radio segment on CJD. Uh, I thought the song was wow. fantastic. Yeah, I know, that's saying something. So what, uh, It's like, yeah, it's just such a great song, and obviously the album's coming out soon too. Yep, uh, albums like uh, beginning of February, so that'll be great. And we know that it's been ready for uh, months now because they were to have uh, toured to support the album last year for their 25th anniversary. So they put that on the shelf for a little while, like everybody else who had big plans for 2020, um, and then realized, what are we waiting for? There's there's other bands that have music that's finished that they're waiting to be able to tour to support that album. And we know that that's a, a, a noble reason because a lot of the earnings come from touring for artists um i think at a Foo fighter stage of the game they are at a position where they don't have to wait to be able to earn more i think they're comfortable and and no judgment whether they are or not i'm just saying that from their perspective they thought you know what our fans need this now so we're not going to wait until we can tour we're going to release the album now so that's why it's coming out in uh beginning of february so we don't have to wait anymore. I like that. That's awesome. And last point about the celebration, because this was my big moment at the end that I just love. And obviously, I've mentioned this before. I am a uh, rip-roaring Katie cat. Love my Katy Perry. And <laughs> yeah. I just thought, like, that ending with just everything, with her, her vocals were on point, her uh, her wardrobe, then the amazing fireworks, and just seeing the Biden family, like, it was all like a big kumbaya moment for me. Well, it's so it's so interesting when you think of a song like that and, and writing a song like that, you can think of the possibilities where that song would get, you know, reused for patriotic reasons, for just firework reasons, you know, really obvious reasons. And it was all of that for the inauguration. And it was all okay. It's it's it represented something obvious, something celebratory something positive and a real pivot point so that we could move forward with that kind of light from those kind of fireworks and her, like you said, her vocals were on point. It, it was a solid end to what was a great big celebration after a, an emotional day. Like you said, for, for us uh, in Canada and not everybody feels like we do. And even some of your American listeners don't necessarily feel like we do. Uh, but from our perspective, at least from mine, um, I feel optimistic for our neighbors to the south of us. 
And actually, just quickly speaking of that, I did want to give a shout out as well to Tim McGraw and Tyler Hubbard uh, from Florida Georgia Line because they have a new song out called Undivided. And I guess my take, and I'll, I'll ask you what you think when I tell you this part, I think, and I know that there's there's many different people from many different walks of life that like country or don't like country or, or you know, or like hip hop or don't like hip hop. But I think that there is probably, if you were to do the math, there's probably a fair amount of people who are potentially not fans of the uh, Biden administration that are country music fans. And so for two big artists who probably rely on that part of the population of being their fans, for them to do such a song to really talk about being uh, good to your neighbors and being, you know, getting over this and not being divided and being unified. Um, that was a big risk in a way, I feel. And I'm glad they took it. Uh, I think it's a risk. And I think it was uh, probably on a human level, some a risk that they had to take for themselves. On an artistic level, I think they too are in a comfortable position. Not that anybody wanna, wants to lose um, fans. I think at a certain point, fans also have to realize, okay, well, maybe your beliefs are so strong and maybe you can dial it back a notch and just appreciate the music and the message for what it is. And maybe be an active participant in broadening your own horizons. Right. Yeah, exactly. About that. I like that. <laughs> uh, and I like you, Sharon Highland. Thank you so much for your time as per usual. <laughs> Thank you, Cal. That is our music editor, Sharon Highland, and you can make sure to listen to both Sharon and myself on the other podcasts that we host together, 90s Now, all the details for you, 90snow.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Joining us on the show is platinum-selling recording artist, producer, and actor Tyler Shaw. Tyler has released a new single to kick off the year called When You're Home in advance of his upcoming third studio album being released later on this year. Tyler, thanks so much for hanging out. Of course, always a pleasure. You have a lot going on, a new single, soon to be a new album, and just before the new year, you actually uh, had your first child. So I want to know, have you slept at all in the last 30 days? <laughs> what, what is that? What is that word? What is that? <laughs> Please tell me. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind of, uh, of a few months here, but all very, very beautiful, positive things. So uh, cannot complain. Excellent. So now I want you to explain the backstory, I guess, on, on When You're Home. Had you been working on it for mm -hmm. a while? And where did the idea for this particular song come from? When Your Home was written in London back in March 2020. So before before the pandemic actually really took off, it was uh, it was such a fun session too. Um, I remember uh, going into the session with a voice note of that like waltzy vibe you hear da 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 off the intro, mm -hmm. and immediately as I started playing that, um, it was actually written on key, so I was playing that on the keyboard or on the piano, and everyone in the room was myself and two other writers. We were just like, yeah, that's a, that's a vibe. That's for sure a vibe. And we just dove headfirst right into it. And we actually wrote the song in 45 minutes. And this is by far one of my favorite tracks I've ever written. And it all comes from the feeling of, of after, after writing it, um, we listened back to it. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop smiling. It was such an such a amazing day. You kind of are, and I, I'm not sure if anybody's called you this yet, but if, if not, I'm going to copyright it. You're like Canada's ballad king. Because, and I'm wondering if that's like a conscious decision to write these amazing, you know, emotional songs, <laughs> like when you're home with you to the man who let her go. Like, yeah. and it's just, how, yeah. like, how does this work for you? Is that just innate? I think it's just, you know, it's just, it comes naturally. I, 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 I don't know. I don't really have a formula for it. It's just literally time, timing and vibe and, and feeling of the day. Um, not every single song I write becomes a ballad. You know, I do write up-tempo songs. 
um, or and other and other sorts of songs like dance songs, like Remember, for mm-hmm. example. So I think I think my strong suit and where my voice fits best is in a ballad type song. However, I like to think that my voice is pretty versatile, so I'm a- able to do these different types and different genres of music. But I think just the the emotion of of uh, my melodies that I choose and the chords that happen on a specific day all lend to the to the I guess balladry um, and the perfection that uh, that I've, I've I guess I've kind of mastered over the years uh, of becoming this like you said I guess king of king of uh, ballads in Canada which is I love that title. I will gladly wear that uh, that title. Great, because it's funny. Because I love everything that you do. You know this already, and and it's funny because, like you said, you 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 do the ballads, which I think is just in your wheelhouse. But then you put out a song, which I've already told you before. I I love Dizzy, and now Remember, and like just these right. fun things. So you're all over the place, which I love, but still in your pocket. And so tell us yeah. a little bit too, like when you're in the studio, is it mm-hmm. important for you to like? Do you always start like you said you had a voice note? Do you always start with that do you just play around with chords do you have your lyrics first like or does it change every single time it changes every single time um that specific for when you're home that was a voice note that actually stemmed a, a re- like had a uh, there was like a video game trailer music or something that i heard uh going through a bunch of games and that was like the inspiration kind of behind it but you know every every other session is, is totally different like sometimes i'll be doing mundane things like you know, cooking or going for a walk and I'll just think of a cool title or obviously drawing from real inspiration. Like there's a song on the, on the upcoming album called Say Nothing. And that one, um, that one stands like the day before the session, I actually got into an argument uh, with my wife, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. No relationship is perfect. And at the end of the argument, we were just standing there saying nothing. And I wrote a song about it the next day. And it's like such a beautiful uh, such a beautiful song. I really like that one. So all these um, d- inspiration hits at different times and, and uh, it literally comes down to, I like to think anyway, that the music will dictate what I'm going to say in the song. So I'll sit down on the piano, I'll sit down uh, with the guitar or with the drum loop or whatever. And I'll just start throwing out melodies and gibberish. And sometimes, or I'll say 90% of the time, I'll catch a word that I'm saying within that gibberish that ends up being the title of the song. That's awesome. I always love like learning about people's processes because I, I just think it's super cool how people end up with what they end up with when it comes to their their song choices. Uh, hanging out with us on the yeah. show is uh, platinum-selling recording artist Tyler Shaw. You can hit up his website, tylershawmusic.com, for all of his social media handles. Now, Tyler, I understand that you conceived and co-directed the video for this song. What was that like, and are you going to continue to direct more of your own work? Uh, it was awesome. Honestly, uh, the young astronauts who co-directed with me, I've been working with them since my intuition album, and they're such good people to work with. Uh, they make everything so easy. So when I brought them this idea and, um, you know, basically asked them if I could co-direct it with them, they're like, absolutely. And, you know, I learned a lot from them. So moving forward, I think this is something that I, I, I really want to be more a part of because as creative as I am in the music, I do have a creative vision for uh, the visuals that come with my music. You know, when I'm writing this song, I tend to picture what the music video would look like. And it just it just goes hand in hand. Of course, I'm open to other ideas, but like, at least I want to be involved in, in all the all the thinking and the incubation process of, of uh, the music videos and all the visual stuff. So, 
yeah, on the future, I think I'll be co-directing or just directing solely my, my music videos from now on. You're going to be like Mariah Carey. I think she does that now, too. It's like years that she's decided she does it all. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I mean, yeah. if she's got it right, I think that's I think that's a good path to follow. I also wanted to ask you, too, like, do you like doing music videos? Like, forget the, the directing part. But I know some people, like some mm-hmm. artists actually love, you know, the fact that they're on set for 14 hours and other ones like, I hate every minute of this. I, I do like it. I think it's one of the most fun things uh, I get to do as a musician. You know, I, I love being in front of the camera and I love I love acting as well. So those two go hand in hand. And both of those things I want to continue to do. So directing and acting. So a lot of uh, more of the, the film industry there, which I'm totally open with. So your third album is on the way later on this year. Are you done recording or do you still have songs to finish? I still have songs to finish. You know, I have my, my studio set up at home now. And uh, I'm doing a lot, a lot from home because obviously we're amidst a pandemic. So it's been nice actually to be able to just like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling snacky. I'm going to go up and grab an apple or (laughs) or something. (laughs) Um, And it's been really nice to be at home, especially with the family. So it's, uh, I do have still some songs to finish. I'm sneaking in some, some last minute writing sessions, but for the most part, the album is, is good to go for a release later this spring. Did you write with a bunch of different writers and, and use different producers on this upcoming album? I know it is pandemic, so that's obviously more challenging, but did you want to spread your wings a little? Absolutely. Um, and you know what? It was actually, it's been, it's been easier to do that because uh, Zoom, Zoom is a thing now. You know, one week I would have a session starting on Monday in Berlin. Uh, the next day I'd have a session with someone in Los Angeles. So it was really cool that I was able to virtually travel the world uh, and get all these different types of flavors and, and vibes from different writers and producers across the world without, you know, taking three or four months off or three or four months on the road to do so. So I really like that, uh, that whole concept of just having people from around the world be a part of this album. I think it was really cool. How important is it for you? And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say it's very important, but like, especially because I've known you for a long time now, but, but that you always have a mm-hmm. hand in writing your own music. Oh, extremely. Like that's for me, at least like that's, that's number one. You know, if, uh, if you can dump the emotion and and the honesty and the purity into the song, it just makes the song that much more special. Now, I know it's not possible, obviously, at the moment for you to be on stage traveling from city to city performing for your fans. Do you miss that interaction and have you a new appreciation for that part of your job? Absolutely. Yeah, I miss it a lot i do miss it a lot you know but thankfully we have the the social media and the technology to stay in touch with fans but obviously the the human human connection isn't isn't there so that's that's definitely something that i miss um you know interacting uh seeing the fans uh sing back your your lyrics and your songs and just the energy that you that you um capture on stage is just there's nothing like it there's really nothing like it so um you know i've heard concerts will be back later you know, this year, 2021, I've heard not until 2022. So it's a day by day thing. But I think when everything opens up again, I will be, you know, hitting the road and and trying to see as many people as I can. Hanging out with us again, Tyler Shaw, hit up his website, tylershawmusic.com for all of his social media. Now, we, we mentioned off the top that you recently became a dad and all the feelings that go along with that. Has that already started to mm-hmm. evolve or change you as an artist? Oh yeah, big time. Uh, I think more so 
as a person, um, which in turn is affect it affects the artistry. Um, even before my daughter was born, you know, during the whole pregnancy, it it really there's a big paradigm shift on 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 my life, and uh, it's for the better, of course. And you know, it makes you want to work harder, and it makes you think about certain things. And you know, it's it, it is reflected in my writing. It's it's definitely uh, a better a better thing to be honest, as little sleep as I'm getting, it's a beautiful thing. And um, it makes you, it turns it to, it turns the world into a new perspective. Now I have to ask you this. I know baby girl is only like, I don't even know if she's a month yet. I know it was sort of just before Christmas she was born, but uh, four weeks. Four yeah. weeks. Okay. And so yeah. I wanted to ask you, obviously she's got some years to go before she kicks off her own career in life. But I often find that kids, you know, they learn a lot from their parents and, and what they do as the family mm-hmm. job. And so if she wants mm-hmm. to be in entertainment, how do you think that's going to roll out? Will you be supportive of that? Do you think you'll warn her away from it? <laughs> no, I think I'll be, I think I'll be supportive. You know, if anything, my parents taught me that uh, a beautiful, strong support system um, and a belief system is, is, is next to none. Like you need that in whatever you want to do. You know, if she tells you she she doesn't want to do this and she really, really wants to, I don't know, become a pro soccer player, then, you know, I will definitely support that. Whatever dream she has, whatever passion she has, then that's that's what I'll support. I have to ask you a couple of fast fact questions with Tyler Shaw. What's the biggest lesson or realization that you've had during the last like, we'll say 10 to 11 months since everything kind of went sideways on the planet? Oh, my God. Jeez, the biggest realization. I think when it comes down to it, it's so simple, but just remember to breathe, I think has been the uh, the biggest lesson yep. <laughs> for me. <laughs> I agree. A thousand percent. What is something, I know you probably don't have a lot of, of spare, spare time, probably zero at this point, but is there something that you like to do that either unwinds you or, or makes you just sort of chill out away from your music career? I love exercise. You know, I love playing soccer whenever I get a chance. I go kick a ball around if it's by myself or whatever, a couple of buddies. Either that or, or reading. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Now, can you name us yeah. a goal or objective that you've set for yourself this coming year? This coming year, 2021, I want to inspire and influence the entire world with my music. I know Canada has been like my number one, and it always will be since I am Canadian. But I just feel like the world needs my balance, <laughs> needs my love and uh, through my music, of course, and I feel like it's it's time to uh, time to let the world know that that I exist. Awesome, I love that. If you could travel, yeah. what place would be your first destination? Oh my gosh, so many! Oh, so many! I can't just pick one. I think I'd go to the Maldives. Okay, and just like live there for <laughs> for like a month or two. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's fair. And can yeah. you fill fill in the rest of this sentence? When I think of Montreal, dot, dot, dot. When I think of Montreal, I think of Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Well, actually, no, I do think of like, I love old Montreal so much. I've actually wanted to move there for the past couple of years. I've been like thinking about it. Um, do you think but, we can actually get you here? We'd love to have you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would love to, honestly. I love Montreal so much, so... Who knows? But I, I, I think about a lot of different things, like the art, the art scene that you guys have, even the music scene you guys have is, is unreal. The culture is just is, is amazing. And the food, of course, is is top notch. So lots to love about Montreal. 
definitely. And any message for your Montreal fans before I let you go? Uh, je t'aime. They know. They know that I love them so much. And um, I'm excited for, for everyone in, in Montreal to hear the new album. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, until then, stay safe and uh, stay healthy. Tyler, you rock. Thank you so much for this, as always. Of course. Thank you. That's Tyler Shaw. Hit up his website, tylershawmusic.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the show this week. And a huge shout-out to our guests, Tyler Shaw, Famba, and Sharon Hyland. My thanks to Adam Brisson for being an amazing producer. And don't forget that you can listen to The Kelly Alexander Show on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all of our social media handles. Just hit up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have a great week. You and I will chat soon.